0: If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively, or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you. That's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show, Steve Caldwell here, and I'm pleased to introduce my special guest today, Trisha Brooke. Now, Trisha is a very, very talented lady. Uh, she's written two musicals, a play, a sitcom pilot, uh, directed three documentaries, uh, and she's currently writing a show called Mothers and Daughters. And uh, you can even listen to her own podcast called The Big Talk, which you can look it up on iTunes. Now, uh, she, uh, Trisha is an expert in helping people really understand how to use the right techniques to give big talks and keynotes. And so we're going to learn from her expertise today, and I can't wait uh, to learn more about your process, Tricia. So, Tricia, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Steve. I am super excited to be here.
0: Well, awesome, and we're glad to have you. And before we get off into talking about our topic today, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work?
1: Oh, well, I live in New York City, and one of the most fun things I can do is try new restaurants. I love to go to new neighborhoods and try new restaurants in New York City, so that's what I sort of spend my time doing outside of working.
0: (laughs) You know what, I can't think of a better thing to do than to experiment with food in New York. It's one of the most amazing places in the world to try different meals. I love it.
1: it. It really is. I love it, too.
0: Well, uh, you should, and I'm a little jealous right now. You're making me hungry, and even though I shouldn't be hungry, I am. Uh, But, uh, Tricia, welcome to our show today, and I'm really excited about talking today about one of my favorite topics, and that is uh, speaking. Uh, A a lot of uh, people that are uh, leading a team or leading a company, they they really struggle with understanding that they need uh, to have uh, the ability to speak correctly to their team, to their company. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into this and why do you believe it's important for all of us to master?
1: Well, I got into public the art of public speaking and really helping people identify important ideas and crafting their talk and delivering big talks because a friend of mine had seen my shows that I directed and was a fan of my work, and approached me to direct her TEDx Syracuse, Petra Kolber. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, it's probably just like a one-woman show, so let's do this. I'll work with you like an actor. I'll work with you like a, a dramaturg analyzing your script. And first of all, I fell in love with the process of working with somebody who had such an important idea and message worth sharing because the inspiration and the passion behind it was, was infectious. When I work with actors, it's all about the actor, but when I work with speakers, it's all about the idea or the message. So it was a really interesting shift for me. So organically, it was a very natural transition or natural uh, addition to the work that I was already doing in theater, film, and television. And what I realized was I could help speakers find a way to articulate their message so that the audience could actually hear them in addition to helping them deliver and perform their talks, so that the audience could understand what they're saying based on intention and performance quality.
0: That that's a great uh, explanation, and I want to I want to dive into one thing you said that I I want to point out for our listeners just to make sure they were paying attention. A, a lot of people uh, in, in business, I, I think, they get to a certain level and then they start. Uh, doing like an actor would, they'd start pretending. But what you said was, look, if you've got a keynote, what you're trying to do is deliver a key message. And I think that's a huge difference because when you're delivering a message, uh, you kind of have to believe that message, don't you?
1: You absolutely have to believe what you're saying. You have to understand the words that you've chosen to use to communicate. And then you have to revisit your objective over and over again. What do I want from my audience? And the reason you have to revisit that objective is because you can get stale up on that stage. Actors who do eight shows a week have to revisit what their objective is and what action they're going to play to get it. So I teach that to my speakers. What's your objective? What do you want the audience to feel? What do you want them to to come away with? And how are you going to get it? And if the audience isn't listening, if the audience is in their phones, you have to find a new action to play in order to get your objective from them. So it might be lead. It might be inspire. It might be challenge. It might be cajole. But you have to play an action in order to get the audience to give you what it is you want. And the reason that I teach my speakers to do this, just like I teach my actors, is because when you have a keynote that you've done over and over again, you can phone it in. And that's why it's important to have this technique, and it's also important to revisit what your objective is and how you're gonna get it.
0: Uh, I, that's awesome. I, I, think, I can't help but think, uh, you know, every listener to my show understands that I'm all about action. And uh, when you talk about getting an action from your group, I can't help but think about how many people are walking into a conference room and they really have an important message, but they go into that conference room or they go into that uh, company meeting and everybody has their computers open. They have their phones out and nobody's listening to one thing that you say.
1: It happens all the time. So if that's the case, if you've got a, a secret weapon, if you've got a, a bunch of tools in your toolbox that you can reach into, then you have a much easier chance at getting them to pay attention to you, getting them to, to potentially adopt your idea as theirs, and to take action after you're done speaking.
0: I, I just uh, I, I think that all of us could really benefit from Uh, If we didn't do anything else other than to understand that we need to have, number one, an objective for our our, uh, speech, and uh, then the actions to follow with that, uh, we certainly would be able to get people more involved and more engaged in what we're doing.
1: I think we get stuck on what the audience wants, and that's not something we should not consider. It's the first thing that we need to consider is what does the audience want? What does the event and the, the um, coordinator and the organizer want and the conference want uh, the audience to come away with? Mm-hmm. That's important. But once we understand what we're there to give the audience and we tick all of those off the box, we need to then identify what we want from them. So now we know that we're going to give them these items. We're going to teach them this information. Mm-hmm. But I also want to know that they are going to implement it, make a change tomorrow, buy my book, potentially donate to my cause. I absolutely want something from them just like they want something from me.
0: Isn't it interesting uh, at how few people actually are honest enough with themselves to think I want something from them too.
1: I think of an audience like a scene partner. When I'm working with actors and I've got a scene happening and two people are talking to each other, they must want something from one another. Whether it's understanding, um, they want somebody to do something, cross the street. That's a good example. If I want you to cross the street, how am I going to get you to do it? I have to hmm. figure out a way. I have to get curious. I have to, I have to pay attention, okay? While you're on the other side of the street. What can I do? What's my action to get you to cross the street to my side. And that is what we want to do when we're going into a room with a bunch of people who are looking down on their phones and can't wait for lunch. <laughs>
0: I've, I've been one of those people in a room, I've gotta say. Uh, so, Tricia, what about those of us that say, okay, I, I get the importance of it, uh, but you know what, I'm, I'm just not good at speaking. How, how can we uh, address that uh, self-criticism to say that, yes, you can do better?
1: Well, I think the most important thing to remember is that everyone else is going to judge you, so you can stop judging yourself, first of all. And after you give in to the fact that everyone else is going to be judging you and, and you, you stop doing it, what you need to begin to consider is that your, import, your message is important. So that's the next thing you want to really think about. And then it's about, it's about rehearsal. It's about giving the talk under mild stress and then increasing your level of stress. And mild stress might be your family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Increasing the stress might be your coworkers. Increasing the stress one more notch by talking to a bunch of strangers at a small conference. And so it's important to, and I say this because I'm a former dancer, it's important to do your plies. You have to do your plies, your bicep curls, your squats, whatever you want to call it, so that when you go into the room, You have flexed those muscles so many times that you can think on your feet, you can change direction, but you can still deliver the talk and your message. So if you think you're not a good public speaker, that means you need to practice. Once you let go of the fact that you're not a good public speaker and trust that the message will lead the way, then all you have to do is say the words
0: wow Uh, i mean and if you're putting in that effort uh to me it's the right kind of effort you're talking about practicing uh i I like your idea of uh, less stress and then adding more stress i think that's really critical for us to to learn how to do this well
1: it is and the one thing i can share with your audience to never do is rehearse alone in front of a mirror the moment you get in front of an audience, your body will betray you, whether that is <laughs> nerves, a dry mouth, or a sick stomach. So if you have never rehearsed your talk in front of another human being, you will not remember what you're supposed to say. And that is, that's uh, devastating for not only you, but for your audience, because they're missing out on what you have to say to them.
0: I, I think often uh, we forget that if, if we put the effort into this, it had to be worthwhile and we forget the point that look, if, uh, as you just so eloquently said, they're missing out if we don't do it well.
1: They really are. It's an opportunity for you to potentially change somebody's point of view, change how they see the world, get them to adopt your idea as their own and make a difference. It's a really big opportunity, and you want to take full advantage of that time that you're giving yourself and your audience. Uh,
0: I, I just I love your attitude about this. Now, I know that you work with people uh, to help them get through this. Why don't you just kind of share, uh, not in detail, but maybe just a, uh, a little summary of what do you really need to do to be prepared to give a good, uh, a good
1: talk? Well, I think one of the things you have to do is understand if you're an expert about what you're talking about. So if you are somebody who loves gastronomy like me, I love going to restaurants. I've already shared this with you, Steve. I love gastronomy, and I love the idea of what that means scientifically with food, but I am not an expert at that. So it would be stupid of me to talk about that even though I love it because that's not my area of expertise. So make sure you're talking about something where you can support it with expertise and credibility. And started, you want to be really passionate. You have to understand and be passionate about what message and story you're sharing because then you will inspire your audience. And then make sure you can back up everything you're saying with statistics or um, personal experience so that we, we see you as the person that we need to understand this information from. For example, Kristen Smedley um, did a TEDx last year uh, about retinal disease. She has three children, two of which are blind. So she is an expert in this disease. She's not blind. She's not a scientist. But she's absolutely an expert in this issue because her two kids suffer from this d- disease. So it's important that you identify why you're the expert and then share that information so that we trust you. And it's important to earn our trust mm-hmm. as the expert.
0: Wow. Uh, I wonder how many of us skip that step all the time where we really I are think, willing to share our own personal story in this.
1: And that's something I do with my speakers. The first session that we work together, I, I call it an active listening session and I spend two hours asking them questions. And at that point I get them to open up to me, share intimate, vulnerable stories surrounding their idea. And then we talk about whether or not they're comfortable sharing some of these stories because ultimately we as human beings connect to other people that we have something in common with. If we can relate to what you're saying, we will buy what you're selling.
0: Well, it's so true. Uh, I mean, most of us won't, and we don't, we don't buy stuff unless we really connect with that product or that service. I mean, it, it, there's no point. You know, uh, I'll share with our listeners, uh, Trisha, what you're talking about is not just a speech. And I, I want to share with them uh, this, that uh, you're talking about doing an active listening session uh, for your speech. Uh, I did that very thing with uh, a person that's an expert in uh, web conversion and, and web uh, development to talk about your products and services. And, and we did exactly what you're talking about. Uh, that, that individual asked me one question after another, that I had to share stories, I had to share ideas. Uh, when we got through, I mean, I actually learned a heck of a lot more than I knew before I started, uh, just because I was doing that.
1: Yeah,
0: it it is amazing, <laughs> and I, I think that for for those of us that have never really done this, uh, we don't understand sometimes. The things that we've said over and over again, we may get bored with it ourselves, or we may not realize, wait a minute, when I say that, that's the real active part of my presentation.
1: That's right. Sometimes we're too close to it or we're fixated on the idea that we think is the most important one. But when we bring somebody else into the mix and they start asking us questions and we start revealing things, it really tends to bring us to the heart of what the idea is. And if that person can reflect that back onto you, it sounds like this web designer did that, mm-hmm. magic happened.
0: Well, that's exactly what the web designer did for me. Is to, to When, when uh, this individual actually pulled back the key points, what, what they heard me saying, I was like, crap, how come I hadn't said that before? <laughs> but I didn't know it. That's my point. I mean, I was so close to it. I, I didn't know how to say it, but yet I was saying it. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: It's, it's like translation. It's almost like he translated what you were saying and said it in a different way.
0: And I, I hear this, uh, that you not only, uh, can, can help people with the, the presence part. Cause obviously if you trained actors, you certainly can do that. But this, preliminary part which is the preparation and I love your uh, active listening uh, session. I think that that is the separator between what really makes us exceptional and what what just is like okay well we filled the time there but we didn't really learn anything.
1: Yeah and the writing process for speeches can be overwhelming. You're sitting down at a blank screen and staring at it wondering Mm -hmm. how the heck to start. So I create a structure so that after the active listening session, I transcribe that document. And then from there, we, we create a blueprint from that active listening session. And then once you've got this blueprint, that becomes the structure of your first draft. So I really feel strongly that as a writer who's going to give a big talk, you must sit down with some kind of structure because it will, just, it will put you at ease. If you just start writing, and I don't mean to negate creative writing or stream of consciousness. That is very, very important. But you must create a structure to work within and boundaries so that you can actually get words onto a page.
0: Oh my gosh, that that was my biggest part. When I first started writing uh, my first book, uh, if I hadn't had, I actually don't think I could have ever done the first one if I would not actually written down bullet points about what I really needed to talk about and then to fill in the blanks and uh, I've discovered I don't care how well you can write uh, being able to speak with someone like you that's done this many many times and that understands the value of talking through things uh, I I think that's incredibly helpful and I I find very few uh, senior leaders in businesses that really have somebody that, uh, like yourself, that's an expert, they can talk through what needs to be done. And uh, I, I know that what you're talking about has tremendous value in the leadership space uh, because we're, people are struggling today to really present the proper message for their business.
1: Yes, and if you can have somebody reflect back on to you what your idea is, it will organically relate to your business. And I think that's something that I want your audience to come away with, is think about the passion and the, the think about what's underneath the business part. Start there, explore that, and it will organically drive business.
0: No question. I, I, th- I think that's absolutely spot on and is the key to making a, a lot more money in our businesses and being effective as a leader. Now, uh, Trish, I know that uh, we won't have time to go through all of your ideas today, but uh, I think this is a good time. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, how they can learn more about your work? And for those of you that are not working with anybody right now, pay attention because uh, it, this is someone that you could actually talk to and really work through these issues
1: your listeners can find me steve at the big and i love when people email me directly and you can do that at trisha at all
0: right awesome awesome thank you for sharing that and for those of you that are exercising don't uh don't hurt yourself we'll make sure to put links directly in this post so when you're done reach out do your business a favor do your team a favor and do your company a tremendous favor, reach out to Trisha and learn how to do this correctly because it will make a huge difference in your life. Uh, Trisha, as we kind of come to uh, an end of our conversation today, I I love action items. And if you don't mind, why don't you share what would be your top two actions that you believe people should they they should get off of this podcast and they need to start doing right away. What would be those two actions?
1: I think the first thing is to take the idea of public speaking off of your bucket list and put it on your to-do list. And then begin the process of identifying what the idea is you want to share with the world. And if that also means an idea that you want to share with your company, You can make a difference. You can make a change and trust that what you have to say is valuable.
0: Just love that. Love that. Those are two action items that we absolutely can do. And if just remember, if you're leading a team of people, a company of people, you're already making a difference in this world. Why not make a bigger difference? Why don't you start learning how to do it even better? and reach out to, to Tricia who's an expert and can help you understand uh, how to get, uh, master this once and for all so that you feel comfortable in, in your role. Tricia, it's been a delight to talk to you today. Uh, I, I really appreciate your expertise and your experience uh, in helping us understand how we too can create a big talk for ourselves. It has been my pleasure, Steve. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. My guest today has been Trisha Brooke. And I hope as you can tell, Trisha is an absolute expert at helping us master this thing called public speaking. And really, she has a very great uh, analysis of how to do this. She's got a great breakdown of how to do a project. And I recommend, Holly, that you connect with her uh, via email or her website and master this process once and for all. I know you can do it. Remember, you got yourself promoted to where you are. Nothing is impossible if you reach out and do it. Tricia, thank you so much again, and we wish you nothing but continued success at Manager Mojo. Thank you,
1: Steve.